and the sheep know his voice when he speaks. The Lord is my shepherd. He goes before me. behind me I won't fear here's why here's why I'm filled with anointing my cups overflowing no weapon can harm Oh. 
Becky gets ready to sing this next song, Beauty, Beauty. I know when you look at husbands, when you look at your wives, you tell her she's beautiful. Parents, when you look at your children, you tell them they're beautiful. But in all that glory, if you look up, you'll see the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. If you look up. So take this in and worship.
as the musicians play, we just want you to take this as a time of worship. Let God speak to you. Just listen to hear what he has to say to you. Good, you are good, you are. 
Keep on getting better. Keep on getting better. You keep on getting better. You keep on getting better. 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 You keep on getting better. Keep on getting better. You 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 are good. You are good. In the morning. Every day gets better. Every day gets sweeter. 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 Every day gets better. Oh. 
in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen. amen. Come on. One more time. Let's tell them how much we love them. Woo. Come on. Ah. I can do this all day. Well, I need some water. Go ahead. Find somebody you ain't seen in a bit. Give, give them a high five, a knuckle bump, something. We'll be right back.
been going for a while. Let's get a little unruly in here. <laughs> I don't know what Kevin's been doing. He's been releasing the, the spirit of joy. What's up with that? <laughs> so good. Oh, man. It's a, yeah, get used to this. It's just everybody's getting water. They've been jumping up and down too much. So, Come on. Well, good morning. <laughs> Come on, if you are, look, that wasn't loud enough. I don't think everybody's listening. Good morning. good morning. There we go. Now, that's the kind of feedback you want uh, when people are fired up to be here this morning. And uh, man, if you're new here, I am too, so nice to meet you. Um, I, I, <laughs> I am DJ, along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here uh, with this family, and we love you guys so much. And it's, it's awesome to be back, y'all. Like, it's awesome to be back. Uh, I'm, I'm fine. Look, I said it last week, but you can't find this anywhere else. You can't find this anywhere else. There, there's freedom in the house. Man, and it's powerful to be back in this, and, and it's just been powerful all morning, so thank you for being here. And if you are new, uh, please fill out a Connect card. Get, let us know you were here. Uh, we just want to reach out to you, love on you a bit. Uh, that's it. We want to pray for you, tell you about the church. If you have any questions, we'll, we'll tell you all about it, but please. Take your time and fill one of those out if you need one. An usher will get you one, or they have them at Connection Point out in the foyer. But, but man, uh, if, if you want more information about the church, download our app. You just got to download the app, check that out, so you can get all that information. Scan that right now if you don't have it, but it has all the up-to-date information on there. So please, that, that'll tell you about all the, the midweek services. That'll tell you about all the small groups going on. That'll tell you about everything, from prayer services on Monday all the way through Sunday service. So that's a week. Everything. Everything's in there. 
everything's in there. So we did have our uh, Next Steps class this morning, which, which man, come on, Nicole, where you at? Where'd she go? Is she back with the kids? Where is she? Look at that. She goes from teaching over there to teaching back with your kids. That's powerful. That's powerful. That's what I love about that. But she was teaching on how to share your faith. How was that this morning? Come on. Good stuff. That's 9 o'clock. So if ever at 9 o'clock you want to you wanna pick up on that, that's stuff that you just, um, that's at 10 o'clock, but it's actually every Sunday at, at 9 o'clock. So don't get confused. We didn't switch it back on the time change. Just kidding, y'all. Either way, you can pull that down now. I don't want to look at that anymore. <laughs> She's back there trying to fix it. It's okay. Just leave it there. In fact, that can be the slide for the whole day. Oh, come on. It's so good. Uh, but there are no classes next week, so don't show up early next week unless you want to pray with us because we, we get in here between 8.30 and 9.30, and we're praying over the sanctuary. And, man, i got to tell you, this morning it got thick in here. It was powerful this morning. I'm expecting the spirit to continue to move. Man, he is amazing, and he has been just blessing us. So so that's what we do. So if you get here early, just come on in and worship. The worship team's, you know, getting ready, and we have music playing, and, man, we're just walking around praying over the sanctuary. And, and if that's what you love to do, be here because it's powerful, and we, we get to do that together. Uh, big big shout-out uh, to Crystal this morning. Happy birthday, Crystal. Come on. <laughs> Pastor Crystal is... 25 today so we absolutely love her <laughs> Kevin you, you got one over there hang on to her man she's making you better each and every day brother come on so we appreciate you Crystal everything you do thank you so much so if you get a chance to, to love on her a little bit go up and give her a hug and let her know how much you care about her everything she does for your teens and, and for kids and for worship and for everything so it, it's pretty awesome we, we, we love them and and, man, I want to thank everybody yesterday. Uh, we had a powerful, powerful wedding service in here, so come on. I'm looking around. Are they here? Where'd they go? I'm, I'm, my eyes are going. My eyes, they're hiding in the back. Come on. Come on. Congratulations, y'all. Come on. Aaron and Ebony Bradley in the house. <laughs> you know, I love it when, when two single parents come to church to seek God, and God says, I'm going to connect you with somebody in the church. And we're going to mess you together, and you're going to put me right in the middle of it. Next thing you know, you guys just got the Brady Bunch, and you're just running with it. So good stuff. Love it, love it. And I thank everybody that helped put this place back together. If you've never seen us do that, I, I need to tape it. It's awesome to see this thing go. This place was like, I don't even know what the colors were. They were like coral and all kinds of stuff and big tables everywhere and flowers everywhere. And all of a sudden, it was like, boom, black chairs. I was like, come here. I was like, Man, that's good stuff. We need to invest in some of that right there. That'd be good. That'd be good. So so thank you all for that. Uh, that's enough announcements because I'm fired up today. Uh, man, well, well, welcome to uh, uh, today is Heart for the House. Come on, y'all. Woo, come on. Heart, that, and for those that know what it is, this is, a, this is an annual give day for us. Uh, we try to, to put this up there. Once a year, try to see what God wants to do. We had bought this. So up to this point, we've been purchasing the building and trying to get down payments and stuff like that. So it's been pretty powerful this last year. We've owned it for a year now, y'all. Can you believe that? That's so good. That's so good. And uh, it's been powerful. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that, that, that we get to do this. So what we do is we, we, we ask you to pray about this. This is, this is uh, you just pray about it. These are things for us to be good stewards of what God gave us. 
Okay, he said, hey, you know, I, I gave you the church. Now we've got to maintain it. Now we've got to do things to it. So you can see some things up there. It was pointed out to me that some lights are out today. And in the bathroom, we got some lights flickering. That's not part of the game. <laughs> this is not a game. No, we need new lights. But no, <laughs> but we do have plenty of money to get lights. Don't worry about that. But here's the big stuff. Um, these are not in order, but these are some things. I just put a number next to them in case you just wanted to jot a number down. We'll get you the information later. These are some things we need to do. Uh, as a church to maintain what we have and make sure it lasts longer because this is a generational thing this is just not about you this is about your children and your grandchildren and their i mean i'm telling you we want this to continue to to last we want our campus to last we want this to be something where where our you know what i believe we're going to see kids that are right now learning how to worship as children up here worshiping and preaching and sharing the word because that's how we're going to pour into them this is not about us okay so with that yeah, we, we want to update the building, obviously. We want to, we want to paint the building. We want to, look, this, this, these have been this color, I don't know, for like 15 years. It's time to get rid of these colors and, and freshen it up. But roof repair is kind of important. If you look around, we have leaks all, you can find them. <laughs> don't look now. You hadn't seen them in like five years. But we're in here every day. We see them. We actually have a leak right back here <laughs> somewhere. I can, something, if, you, if you turn the lights off, you can see the hole shine through. We've tried to fix it a million times. Okay, so, so we, have, we have roof repair and new signs and flags, stuff that's being worn out over the years that we just need to redo anyway. So carpet and children's lighting. If you don't know our children's ministry, we have these LED lights in here, and in the children's ministry, we want the same thing where they can dim them so when they're watching worship and they're, they're worshiping, they can get the same atmosphere you get when you're in here. And right now, they have these fluorescent bulbs that's on or off. It's brighter black. And I'm sorry, if you have teenagers and kids, you never want the lights off because they just go everywhere. You can't find them when you do that. It's like so, so we don't want that. We can't do that. Worship online. If you, uh, if you've not experienced worship online, it can get better. Some of that's training. Okay, some of that's training. Some of that's equipment. Okay, to make that better. And we want to provide you the best service you can possibly get when you're not here. And for people that can't be here, we want to make sure you can enjoy that. So these are just prices that we put up there. Storage building. We, we've been paying for storage for years. We've spent that much on renting storage units. Every ounce of square footage in this building is used, so we have to store stuff in the storage units next door. Okay, so so that's some stuff. Stage lighting, like this whole row's out. I'm just letting you know, because <laughs> I can see it. Parking lot maintenance, um, that that's that's big. We we have a large parking lot, y'all, and it goes around the church and it goes back behind the church. We understand that it's a little rough because we constantly grade it and we constantly have to fix where the water rushes stuff out. So we're going to fix that. And we're going to make sure we can get that so you can use the parking lot. That's so important. We purchased that property separately. Okay, we cleared all the trees on that property. We built it into a parking lot, and we never use it. But we get in trouble because we park in the other church's parking lot every Sunday. Okay, so let's not do that anymore. We're going to fix that up. So that's not a priority list, just to let you know. It's just a list of things um, that, that we need for the church that, that if you feel God's touching you in any of these areas, that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to get, we've been praying about this for over a month for God to speak to you in any of these areas and say, hey, Lord, I want to invest in the next generation. I want to invest in and help accelerate the vision of destiny. And that's what we're doing. Okay, this is big. Like I said, this is, this is, this is always asking, you know, I don't, I don't you know, I, we don't talk about giving a lot, but this is, this is sacrificial for some people. This is where you've just been praying and God keeps giving you a number and you're like, that can't be that number, Lord, because that doesn't make sense. 
And, and for some people, sacrificial isn't, doesn't line up with the same sacrificial as somebody else, so it doesn't matter how much you give. If you don't even, look, if God hasn't told you to give, don't give to it. You understand? I'm not trying to, I'm just saying I want to give you an opportunity to give to what God's getting ready to do. He has a fresh vision for this house, a fresh, fresh move in this house, and, and I'm just excited about it. So that's what I wanted to share. I wanted to share that. So when we do this, we'll be better stewards. We'll be taking care of things and all of them up on the screen. So what I want to do is, is we're going we're gonna to receive offering this morning. Uh, we're going to have our offering up here. We're, we're going to do it all at once, so it's not just going to be heart for the house. But do me a favor. If you go online, there's a heart for the house button. If you give online, click the heart for the house. Designate it so we know where it's going. So we can put that money in the right budget code so we can start spending out of that the way we need to spend out of that. So if you want to give via check, write heart for the, or H, HFH, your heart for house, uh, however you want to do that. Uh, some of the tithing envelopes actually have heart for the house on them. If not, just write it on it. Uh, but this is an opportunity uh, for us to give this morning. So let's just pray over this because I believe God's ready to do something big. So, Father, we love you. We love you, we love you, we love you, and we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the blessings. We thank you for what you're doing in this house. We thank you for how faithful you've always been. And everything that we've done, Father, you've always been standing beside us, and we thank you for that. And Father, I ask you to touch the hearts right now. Father, touch, touch the hearts in this room. Father, I ask you to, to bless the families in this room. Come on, speak to us, Lord. Father, we just know you're so good. And we trust you, Lord. We trust you. So, Father, we surrender everything to you this morning. Father, we ask you to just bless this offering today. Bless the giving today. Bless the gift. Bless the giver that gives, Father God. Bring favor upon them and their families. Lord, we surrender everything to you. We know you're going to have your way no matter what. So, Lord, we're not going to worry about it. We're just going to surrender to it. So, Father, we love you. We thank you. We lift you up this morning as we begin to give in Jesus mighty name and everybody said amen amen let's get some music going and let's excited to, to once we get all this together over the next couple weeks there's people watching online we'll, we'll give you an update on on what was given and how we're going to use that and where that's going to go i am so so excited about that and i thank you for that i thank you for listening to the lord and being part of what he wants to do so this is so huge so thank you so much for that Whew. you guys ready they have given me like three hours which is absolutely awesome because it's been a long time when the worship team went into like the seventh song, I was like, oh, you guys are in trouble. But 
Come on, let me pray over the word, and then let's jump right into this. So, Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord. Father, let this be all of you, Lord. Touch my lips right now. Touch my heart right now, Father. Let it be all of you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Wow. So, it, it is good to be back, and I've said that a million times, but you don't know how good it is to be back with family, be back in a place where we just feel so loved, and I thank you for that. I thank you for that. And uh, so today, as part of that, we're kind of kicking off something new, uh, and this is going to be our new series. If you could put that slide up there. Um, is she paying attention? <laughs> Do you have the new slide? <laughs> It's hiding. There we go. Okay, so so we're walking into a new series, and this, I, like I said, I, when I say series, it doesn't mean one or two weeks. I don't know how long this is going to last. What I know is this. This is something God's been doing inside of me, been working inside of me, uh, and he's going to be working inside of us as a family. So the question is, is are you ready? Because he's ready to do something new in you. So are you ready? Because you have to be ready to receive what he's willing to give you. This is important. This is important. This is not just about our church. This is not just about our families. This is about you understanding that he's ready to do something new. So how many times has that happened to you where somebody wanted to give you something, but you weren't expecting it? And you didn't know what to do with it. You ever, you ever thrown something to somebody and, <laughs> and didn't tell them it was coming first? Like hits him in the chest and flops on the ground. You ever had somebody throw something at you and you weren't expecting it? It's kind of embarrassing as you go trying to grab everything that they threw at you. I believe that's how God feels sometimes. He says, man, I've been waiting to give you something. You're just not ready to receive it. He said, I need you to be ready to receive it. Think about this. How, how do we teach kids to play catch? You just don't throw something at them. You know, that just, you just don't bounce it off from them and say, now pick it up and throw it back. You know, I'm pretty sure you sit down and you, you try to get them close and you try to show them to put their hands out. And you, you try to teach them that when it comes, I need you to grab it. We need to be just like a child this morning. You need to be ready to reach your hands out and grab what Father wants to do. As we go in this new season, there's something new. He says, man, I don't care where you are or what you're doing. I got something new for you. And he wants to teach you how to grab it. Look, I, trust me, I, I know this. When the first time, and I've shared this before, the first time I played catch with my beautiful bride. I said, I said, baby, can we, we, we wanted to th I wanted to throw the football. And she says, sure. And I didn't think about, baby, this is how I'm going to toss it. I'm going to toss You know, you start underhand, right? You know, you, with a kid, you don't throw overhand as fast as you can go. You start underhand and say, just catch it. No, I just... Look, I was a quarterback, y'all, so I dropped back, and I was like, hmm. Oh, yeah, it came in. Boom, right in her head. And we were still dating at the time, so the fact that she kept me for 30 years has been pretty pretty awesome. But, man, I knocked the glasses off her face, and she just had that look like, did you really just throw a football at my face? And I'm like, ah, I thought we were playing catch. I believe sometimes, though, that's how Father can be. He's like, man, I'm throwing you something, and you're just letting it bounce off your face. You're letting it bounce off your chest. It's, come, it's dropping out of your hands because you're not ready to receive what I'm willing to give you, what I'm willing to give you. Man, and this is, you know, he wants to give us stuff. 
and, and, and it's not something you earn. And that's what you need to understand. This is not something you have to work for. Like, I don't care what anybody told you. You want favor from God, you don't have to work for it. You don't have to wake up every morning and study your Bible and, and get on your face and fast 12 hours a day just to get something from them. He says, I want to give it to you freely. It's a gift. And all you got to do is receive it. All you have to do is receive it. And I think about this because when I was a kid, I was a catcher. Any catchers out there to play baseball? Come on, yeah. It's just, I can see them, man. It's, whoo. We didn't have knee savers back then. Like, like they make these things now that when you squat down, they, they, they kind of wedge in between your legs so it keeps you up and all the pressure isn't on your knees. When we were kids, you didn't have that. You just squatted down behind there. You know, you had some shin guards, a chest protector, and a helmet, and an old mitt, catcher's mitt. Well, I remember I caught for this. Uh, he was the fastest pitcher in the area. Nobody else would catch him. And they wouldn't catch him because they couldn't catch right. They were scared because he was bringing something powerful. And they didn't know how to handle it. But I felt good because I knew how to receive it. I knew how to frame it. I knew how to comfort it in. I wasn't scared. Which is why I was the only one that could receive it. And I believe that's what God's telling you this morning is that I'm bringing you something powerful. Are you ready to receive it? You can't just catch it. You can't just catch it. You got to receive it. You can't catch it. You got to receive it. Think about it. Okay, let, let, me, let me swap. Right, we got football. Where's the football fans in the house? All right, come on. We don't call them wide catchers. We call them wide receivers. Right? We, we call them wide receivers, not wide catchers. You have to have soft hands. See, everybody pays the, the quarterbacks the biggest. You know, they get all the big salaries. And Look, I was a quarterback. My son was a quarterback. I understand what it means to be a quarterback. And you have to be smart. And you have to know where everybody's going to be. But a receiver has to be in the right place at the right time. And they have to have their eyes on the target. They have to be accepting something and expecting something from the quarterback. I know you've seen it. I've seen it on ESPN many times where they get hit in the head or the helmet or the chest and they look silly. But most of the time, see, it's the quarterback. We make the quarterback. You know, receivers make the quarterbacks look good. I'm just letting you know. Quarterbacks, we used to look so good. But if we didn't have receivers, we'd have no stats. It takes somebody to run the route. It takes somebody with soft hands to catch what we're throwing. And if you didn't know that, they actually run to the ball. <laughs> it's funny how fast you can run when you have to catch something. So this is Father. He's saying, look, man, I need you to be a wide receiver. I need you to be where I ask you to be at the time when I ask you to be there. And I'm going to throw something to you. And if you catch it, man, it's going to take you on to the next level. If you catch it, it's going to move you into a new dimension. If you catch it and you're willing to receive it, right, you're willing to receive it, man, we're going all the way, and I'm going with you. And this is what he's saying this morning. So this whole series is something new. Are you ready? Are you ready? I want to go to Isaiah 43. This is where it comes out of Isaiah 43, 14 through 19. I'm going to read through it. A lot of it just captures where we're going. But if you have your Bibles, if not, it'll be up on the screen. It says, this is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. 
for your, your, for your sake, I will send an army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth a mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned, their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Come on, can you feel that? Can you feel that? He says, I'm ready to do something new. And I've already begun. I've already begun. He's already begun it in you. He began doing this in the church. He's began doing it in your family. This has been an ongoing thing. As we've been building foundation, he says, I'm doing something new. Do you see it? Do you see it? It's coming. Prepare to receive it. Prepare to receive it. Mm, he's stirring it up. He's stirring it up. I just believe it. I believe that's what he's been doing stirring something up. It's going to be something new, something new in your family. It's going to be something new in your relationships, something new in your school, something new in this family, something new at your job. Maybe for some of you, it is a new job. He's going to open doors that only he can open, and he's going to close doors that only he can close. He says, but it's something new, so get ready to receive it. And this is what I love about that verse. Because he told me, he says, I've been doing some stuff. <laughs> I've been doing some stuff at Destiny. He says, you remember when, when you were getting out of the other building, you had no place to go? And in the last month, I opened the doors of this building in the last month. He said, I've been doing something. And then he said, hey, I want you to buy the building. But first, I need you to buy the land. And then they wouldn't sell the land. And somehow out of the blue, the owner wants to sell the land. So we bought the land. He says, I've been doing something. He goes, listen, I've been doing something. And then he said, when, when nobody else can do anything and churches are shutting down, he says, I'm going to give you an opportunity to buy this church. And he says, I'm doing something new. And I've been doing it. He goes, I've been doing it. That's what he's saying. And when everybody, look, if you don't remember this, this is good. When, when everybody, uh, this is even before COVID, <laughs> he's been speaking and doing stuff. We were told to walk around this church seven times on a Sunday morning. And we showed up, the elders, the staff, the trustees. Everybody's like, what are we doing? So we're walking around the property seven times. Why? I don't know. Because I was told by somebody I absolutely trust that God told him we need to walk around this building and this property seven times for protection. This is before COVID broke out. And it started as just a few of us. Like, and we're walking around, and we've got, we have people with their phones with worship music, and we're just walking and praying. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing, Lord. I'm just saying yes. Right? And we're just circling and circling, and seven times, probably eight or nine, because I lost count. I just kept walking. 
I just knew that there was a time limit to be in the church because I think church was supposed to start. But by the time we started, it was a few of us. By the time we got around the seventh time, the line was all the way around the property, not just the church. It's like people got out of their cars and they were like, I don't know what you're doing, but let's go. They go, this looks like fun. Everybody's walking around the church. And the whole time we were praying for protection over the church. And what happened? COVID hits. And yeah, we had, we had people that got sick. I'm not saying people didn't get sick. What I'm saying is that our church didn't get wiped out by COVID. What I'm saying, it was so pieced together, we didn't lose large bunches of people at once. He kept the doors open. We kept moving. It gave us time to take care of people as a family. We weren't overwhelmed as a family. But man, it was so powerful. He goes, I've been doing it. I've been doing it. But guess what he says? Forget all that. He says, forget all that. That's nothing compared to what I'm about to do. He goes, you can't sit around and say, God, you were so good you did this. He goes, get ready. Forget about it. There's so much more. Forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> he says, I'm about to do something new. Man, hope you can feel that this morning. I hope you can feel that. This is it. I just need you to understand that. It's, it's, this is about something new. It's just not a, a new beginning, right? This is, this is something new in who you are. This is something new in your identity. Because here's the thing. When you start doing what God asks you to do and he gives you something new and you actually pull that in, that something new is a beloved identity. Understanding who you are. Understanding you're a son and a daughter of a king. And when you accept that, when you can walk in that, when you can truly understand who you are, he goes, I'm ready to give you something new. I'm ready to move you into a new dimension. You, you keep praying you want heaven on earth, I'm about ready to show you what that looks like. He goes, and all I need you to do is say yes. All I need you to do is move into it. I need you to receive it. I just need you to receive it. So as a church, we've been preparing to receive it. We've been preparing to receive it. We've been starting that with our prayer nights. Man, coming in here on Monday and just completely going at it. I mean, we got people laying out on the floor praying. We're praying for the over the crosses. We've got lists up here of everybody we know that needs prayer. We're, and we have people coming. And sometimes we have a lot of people. Sometimes we have a little bit of people. But it keeps going. And we start, guess what we're doing? All we're doing is just covering this area. We're saying, this, this is it. Lord, see us. Look what we're doing, Father. We're reaching out to you. We love you, Lord. And we're just lifting it up. So we're preparing the ground. So we're coming out to prepare the ground. And then, then we do our, now we kicked up our worship nights again. We've had a couple of them. We're going to keep doing those. What I'm telling you is I'm trying to get you in a mode to receive. Because he loves what he sees on a Sunday. And he goes, now I want to see that on a Friday. He goes, not just a Sunday, but a Friday. So if you can bring that on a Sunday, I need you out here on a Friday night during a worship night when it's not just us, but it's our families. Like we have church family. We, we have other churches that love to worship with us. So on worship nights, they come in. We get them from Florida. We get them from Tennessee. We get them from all over the place. They come in and they want to worship. You know what's cool about that? If you love what you see on a Sunday, what happens is you get a bunch of worshipers. You get a bunch of hungry worshipers that are in here and it gets a little wild 
But he goes, you're preparing the way. He goes, you're preparing the way because I'm about to do something new. And you need to be prepared to receive what I'm about to give you. Our students. <laughs> if you don't think our students are prepared to receive something new, you're blind. Our students are on fire, y'all. They're hungry. They're leading. Our top worshipers are students. The next generation. You know how powerful that is? I am, I am, I am very comfortable right now. I can pull up a lot of students up here. We've had young students in, the, in playing drums. We've had people playing keys and singing. We had one up here singing today. I mean, I, I, I'm telling you. We've had, we've had students preaching. I'm more than confident that I could walk out and tell them tomorrow, hey, guys, get ready for a whole service next week. And I know God's going to move through them and use them. We have prayer warriors. I'm telling you. He says, prepare. We, we prepared. As a church, we're preparing for something new. Man. And then if you look at our kids, <laughs> you don't know you have some hungry kids. Not just like really hungry because they're in here all the time. They're spiritually hungry. They see this. And, and they want to know what this is. And they don't need people telling them that this is weird and they shouldn't do this. They need people saying, get ready because you're the next generation. Like, like this is generational. This is this generation and next generation and next generation. And if it gets infused at them as little kids, we're going to take over the schools. You don't understand. You're going to take over the playgrounds. I see our kids on playgrounds just laying hands on kids. Like, don't talk back to your mama. <laughs> I mean, that's the power, right? They, they walk in, and because they're filled with delight, because they're so filled with light everywhere they go, darkness has to flee. That's how, you want your kids safe? Man, get them in the children's ministry. Get them in the students' ministry. They're getting so filled with light right now that everywhere darkness tries to pop up, it just goes away. Man, that's what it's about. That's how you prepare yourself for something new. ready to receive are you ready or are you like out on a football field like you know if we ever sent a lineman down to catch a football it was pretty rough like they just are, are you the lineman running around just hoping somebody throws or hits you or are you out there as a receiver intently going out every single day from the minute you wake up are you are you are you walking out anticipating god to say here's something new today i need you to go change the world today because that's what he's asking you. He says, I need you to wake up every single day with that. To go, Lord, how are you going to use me today? Every single day. We have to be ready to receive every day. Man, and, and, and once you start doing that, everywhere you go, everywhere you go, God opens up the door. And he says, man, that, that was a divine import, uh, appointment right there. I put that person in your life. I put that person in your path. And you dropped dropped it because you weren't ready to receive it he said because you were so caught up on whatever you did last night or the day before that you forgot that you were beloved that you forgot that you're my son and you're my daughter and i can still use you but you get so caught up on all that stuff in your mind that you wake up and woe is me woe is me could be anything right got a flat tire woe is me walk by five people in need but here's the thing if we actually believe that if we believe in what he's saying, that we are sons and daughters, 
if we believe that, that we are a spitting image of him, if we believe that, guess what? We should be able to just walk by people. And our shadows could change them. We could walk by people and just walking by them, the light that oozes out of us would change them. We got to get this. We got to get this. This is important. So you're walking around ready to receive. Are you posturing yourself to receive? What do you want to do in the kingdom? Come on. You got to posture yourself. But every day is a new day, new possibilities. I love it. Every day is something new, right? The old is gone. The new has come. You got to be ready. So what is it that the Father wants to do in your life right now? What's he been telling you to do? And are you ready to receive it? What have you been praying for? And then he's sitting there going, I'm trying to give it to you. You just don't like the way it looks right now. Because you've been praying and I'm trying to give you an answer, but you don't think it looks like the way you expected it to come, so you're not willing to receive it. He goes, I'm throwing you a seed for that tree. It don't look like a tree. It's just a seed. But you got to receive the seed first. But we're all looking for the tree. Come on, what's he throwing at you that, that's going right through your hand? Because you're not ready to receive it. Whew. So we're in this new series <laughs> called Something New. That's what it's going to be about for the next couple months. I don't even know how long it's going to go, but, but, but we're going to kick it off today by talking about rest. Because <laughs> I'm a little rested up. I don't know if you're feeling it. I've been at rest for some time. So, so we're going to talk about rest today. How, how do you get yourself in position to receive what Father wants to give you? Okay, how, how do you go from one season to the next season? How do you go from one season to something new? Right? It takes rest. You have to learn to rest. So I'm so thankful for our elder board. I'm thankful that they, they talked about this and they said, hey, uh, pastor, we agree that you need to go away. They didn't say go away. They just said, they just said you're not going to preach for, for four weeks. And that's rough. If you're someone that, that, that loves this, that's rough when somebody tells you that. Because the first thing in your mind is, uh-oh, <laughs> do I pack up before I leave? No, I'm just messing with you. Like we need you to take four weeks off so you forget about this. So we no, but it was just tough because when you're used to doing this, I've only been doing this three years. But I tell you what, in the three years, you get used to doing something. But that's bad. That's bad to be in a routine. It's bad to not take a break. So I'm so thankful that they said you need to do this, and God knew ahead of time that it was the right time. God knew ahead of time everything that was going to happen in our lives and everything that was going to mold into this. He put things in play. He put a place to stay. He put, he put my niece, Amber, in with us at the same time, which was absolutely awesome. See, a lot of churches would not have went to their pastor and said, take four weeks off. They would in the summer. If you've been to some, they do it in the summertime. They're like, student ministry, you guys are preaching throughout the summer. Nobody comes in the summertime. I don't believe that with our family. I think we all just show up all the time. But most churches, if you want to know the wave cycle, it's nobody comes around Christmas except for Christmas, and then nobody, nobody comes around summertime. That's the, that's the downside, and you got to wait till September for people to come back to church. That's just that's what statistics say. 
So a lot of churches wouldn't have done that. They were a little scared. But we weren't. You know why? You know why it didn't even bother me? Because I knew who I was leaving this over to. One, a group of elders that I completely trusted all of my heart, trustees, but man, Kevin and Crystal. Come on, let's give it up for them. Not a doubt in my mind what they can do. Not a doubt in my mind what God's going to continue to do something new in them. Not a doubt. And this is just part of that. It's, it's growing. It's stretching. It's walking through the process. Okay? And so, so I, was at, I was at complete rest with this. That's what helped so much. So uh, I want to talk about that real quick. We were thankful. Uh, and I would definitely recommend this to anybody. You know, I actually told it to a church that, that, that's out where we live. Not that we live that far out, but another church. I said, man, you, you got a new pastor. You need to let him rest. You need to let him rest. He's not done this. So you give him a chance to rest every once in a while. But this isn't just for pastors. This is for everybody. Because I tell you, it's hard. It's hard to get. I, I'm, I'm a mover. I like to do stuff. So my intention was, okay, I'm going to preach on a Sunday, and then I'm not preaching for four Sundays. So starting that Monday, I'm going to start ripping apart my barn. I'm going to start, you know, and, and when God starts speaking to me, he'll do it. That's how I think. Okay, that didn't happen. In fact, he made it rain for several days. And, and then we couldn't even break free. We were, you know, we were showing up. We're like, we're going to small groups. We're going to this. And we just started showing. We're like, we're off. But, but technically, we don't want to leave the family. Like, like, I really, at that point, didn't want to preach. I was good with having a weekend off. But I didn't want to miss everybody. And I was like, I love y'all. And I said, I just want to be around people that love me back. I said, so, so we, we were hesitant on, on leaving. And then we finally said, you know what? Let's leave early. And we had to disappear because if not, I would have been actively involved in everything that happens in here. Not out of, it's a spirit of, you know, I can only just talk. <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing. So we had to intentionally leave early. And even though we were going, we went to a lake, a beautiful lake uh, in Charlotte. And what a blessing. And we got there. And you know what I told myself? This is how you know you're struggling with rest. I told myself, okay, I need to hear God in a special way. I want to hear him speak to me in a way he's never spoke to me before. So I got there. My niece is there. We're sitting there. I'm like, I'm going to read the entire New Testament while we're here out loud. I said, this is going to be awesome. I said, we're going to fast. I'm going to pray every day. And I said, I'm just going to bring it down, Lord. Like, if I do this, then you're going to speak to me. If I just go all in, you're going to speak to me. Hmm. I had that so wrong. Like, so wrong. You know how many times I actually picked up and read through my Bible, other than verse by verse? I mean, other than just picking a verse out once in a while? Not much at all. I didn't have to. When I was there enough, the first thing he told me to do was pick up my journal. So I picked up my journal and I went all the way back to several years ago. And I started seeing what he spoke over us in visions and what was prophesied over us. That was coming true. And I was like, I don't even need to search for you anymore. Because he just started speaking to me. He just started reminding me how much he loved me. Just like that stuff that I didn't even think about because when you get in a routine it's this 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 get ready get ready get ready so I pick up this old leather journal 
that I hadn't looked at. And, and it was awesome that Amber was there because she's not heard any of these stories before. So I'm excited. I'm like, I got to read this to you. I don't know how she took it. She was like, there's kayaks outside. <laughs> but I loved it because as I'm sharing it with her, it's coming back to life. You know, and I could feel it, man. It was starting to, to, to just get my heart started pumping. And I'm like, Lord, I remember this. I remember this feeling. I remember how you used to speak to me like that. And I missed it. And then he put her there because, you know, she needed rest. She needed rest from stuff going on. So she's like, I'm coming. And we're like, you're coming. So she got to break away from everything going on in her life and be there. What was cool about that is that I could have sat there and told all these stories to Jules, but that probably wouldn't have lasted too long because <laughs> we, we kind of shared that. And I could have picked up my Bible and been like, well, let me read you this story. Like, I think the first story that we actually went through was David and Goliath, and that wasn't, and I don't even know how that came about. Because here's the cool part. We, you know, we'd be talking, and she'd be like, well, what's it say about this? You know how awesome it is when you, one, love to share the word, and then you got somebody in front of you that's like, what's that mean, and where do you get that from? All of a sudden, the fire starts burning inside of you, and you just fall back in love with what God did originally in your life. Because now you're pouring it out. You're just like, oh, you got to hear this. I mean, I was like a kid. I'm like, oh, you got to hear this. Hang on, hang on, hang on. That's how I read the Bible. I was teaching somebody. I didn't have to sit down and say, Lord, please accept my offering of my time. Because he said, I don't want your offering of time. I want you to spend time with your family. And while you're resting, I'm going to pour into you. While you're resting, I'm going to give you everything you need. When you rest, I can become intimate with you. Because when you're not resting, there's so much going on in your life and in your mind. You can't hear. He goes, I'm trying to give you something. I'm trying to speak to you, but man, you got earmuffs on. He's like, quit doing everything. That's what we did. We sat there. And my routine was wake up in the morning, find my favorite brown leather chair in the corner, <laughs> grab my coffee, and sit down for like four hours. Or five, I'd open the door, put some worship music on, we'd stare at the water, and I'm like, how good is this? I didn't even have to sit there and go, all right, Lord, I fasted for six hours now. Speak to me. That's not a relationship, that's religion. Do not let that pull you in. You don't have to do that for God to speak to you. You just need to be still. You just need to be still and understand how much he loves you. How much he loves you. Come on. Whew. So, so that's how it started. But I needed rest. I needed physical rest. My body was hurting. I had all kinds of stuff going on with my body. So I needed physical rest. I needed mental rest. I had a million things going on in my mind. I had a million responsibilities going around. I'm like, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. My mind wouldn't shut down. I'm, I'm counseling people. I got all those. And I'm trying to take all that with me. And I'm like, okay, I got this. And he was like, no, you need to rest, like mentally rest. Don't worry about the church. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about anything. And then I needed spiritual rest. I just needed to climb up in daddy's lap and let him talk to me for just a little bit. I just needed that. I just needed that. So that's what we did. We rested. And I don't know if you've ever done that, where you've actually canceled everything, every distraction in your life, and you just locked eyes with him just gazed into his eyes and you just felt his love beaming out at you and you can't escape it 
I can't. You're like, we'll go on a kayak, and you're crying on a kayak. You're on a boat, you're crying on a boat. You're walking around, and you're just weeping. Because you can't escape it. It's true love. It's true love, and everybody can experience that. Man, he just wants to pull you close. When you take time, when you get rid of distractions, and you just spend time with him, he just wants to love on you. He just wants to love on you. And this is big because I don't know who, um, who's done that before. We've never done this. Never done this. One, I've never been away that long. Other than we're in the military and we take like 30 days of leave and travel back and forth to different families and you have all these things going on. We have never gone somewhere, sat down and said, no agenda. We're doing nothing. I don't care if we sit here and stare at each other. Nothing. We're just going to enjoy each other and just welcome in his peace and his love. So I challenge you with that. That's a challenge to you. Takes a, it doesn't have to be two weeks, three weeks. Take two days and just say, I just need to take a break. Get, don't think about it. I mean, get rid of everything now. I need you to go away somewhere. If you're at home, you're going to, look, I had to leave because I have a list to do like this. I came home and I was like, oh. I told everybody, I said, I feel like I jumped off a cruise ship that you, you're just having a good time and you hit the water. You're actually going 120 miles an hour. <laughs> and I was like, boom. And I was like, whoa. Walk home and I got everything going on. We got meetings set up all this last week. I was like, boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, whoo, breathe. I made sure, though, every morning I got up and said, nope. I need my moment. I need to go back in and sit down and be in his presence. So I said, look, you need to do it. As your pastor, I'm telling you, you need to do it. If you're struggling to hear from him, if you're struggling to know what you're supposed to do, you need to schedule a day or two, get away and do nothing, but just sit there and seek his face. You know how you seek his face? Lord, I love you. I'm here. Turn your phone off, unless you're listening to worship music. Keep it on there. But you need to do that. You need to rest. So when's the last time you truly rested? With no agenda. Think about that. When's the last time you truly rested with no agenda? Like we had zero. It was hard enough for us to find a church. I was like, oh, we got to leave what we called the island. <laughs> we don't want to leave the island. We want to. We, we, but, 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 but that's it. So what have you done? Why you can't do it is because rest goes against the world. Everything in the world says do, 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 do. You want to get promoted, do. You want to get better, do. If you want to get richer, work harder. If you want to do this. So in our mind, we're like, if I just sit back and do nothing, how is that, that going to get me anywhere? That's why we don't do it. We get so caught up in that moment where we go, oh, I got to do something. I'm just not productive. I have to be productive. And that's the world, and it's not supposed to be that way. I want, I want kingdom-mindedness. I want rest to be the first thing in your heart. Is Have you rested today? Have you sat in his presence? Have you taken some time to just go, Lord, I need you? Hmm. So I want to go to Luke 10, 38 through 42. One of my favorite examples here, and this is the... This is the Martha, Martha. <laughs> so verse 38. 
It says, as Jesus, this is out of the NIV, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has just left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. He says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one thing. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And out of the passion, I love it. When you read out of the passion, it adds, it adds the little flavor that you're missing that you're probably not thinking about. It says, as Jesus and his disciples continue on the journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively, attentively, attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. But Martha became exasperated with finishing the numerous household chores and preparation of her guests. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. And the Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled? Pulled away by all these many distractions. Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. You need to be undistracted and sit at his feet. Martha thought, if I could just earn it, Jesus is coming. If I do enough, he's going to love on me. If I do enough, he's going he's to pour into me. If I do enough, he's going to give me a fresh revelation. If I do enough, there's going to be a miracle. And he says, you're doing it all wrong. You can't earn it. Your sister, she's got it. She's going to sit. She's going to sit at my feet. And guess what? He had to get interrupted. Whatever he was doing with her, Martha had to interrupt. Like, Jesus, 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 quit loving on my sister. I, I, need you to, I, need, I need you to hear me. And see, that's the problem is that you're going to get around people in your life that when you're doing nothing, they're, they're going to start complaining about it because, because you're not doing what they're doing. They're not getting results doing what they're doing, but you're doing something different. And now they're upset at you because you're sitting at his feet. And they're like, no, but, but I, I'm out here. I've got to do all these works or, or he won't love me. You're just sitting at his feet. Yep. That's what he said. Sit at my feet. I'll never take that from her. Come on. That's powerful. So what is it that keeps you from resting in his presence? Why can't you sit still long enough to just absorb what he wants to give you, to receive what he's throwing at you? Whatever it is, you need to get that out of your life. You need to make room. You need to start looking at those things saying, what is it that's got all my time and all my effort that stops me from just sitting at his feet? And I'm sorry if this is crackling. Is it crackling, baby? It is now. Perfect. All right. So here's the thing. New seasons and new things follow old seasons. And maybe... Maybe the season you're in, maybe this is it. Maybe the season 
you're in, you're currently stuck in. Because you're not resting at his feet. So he's not, he can't take you to the next season. So the whole time you're in a season right now where you're like, I feel stuck. He goes, well, be quiet. Get rid of all distractions and just rest. And I'll take you to something new. I got something new for you. But you're stuck there because you won't sit down at his feet. You're just trying to figure out another way to go do something to try to earn his love. And he says, you can't earn what I freely gave you. Quit trying. So yeah, new seasons follow old seasons. But here's the thing. I look at, uh, we'll talk about football. Y'all responded to that better than baseball. I thought baseball was America's game. (laughs) Not in the SEC. (laughs) So here's the thing. Football. you, You play an entire season. And I can tell you that when that season's over with, you are sore, you are beat down, you are tired, you've been in ice baths, you've taken Moltrin, you're bandaged up, you've got braces on everything. You can't go into a new season. You wouldn't make it. So you have to rest. They have time off for a reason. So you can recuperate, rejuvenate. Rest will make you grow. There's one for you. You want to grow in what he wants to do in your life? Rest will make you grow. That's the ingredient. Rest. When you rest in him, he's going to remind you of your love, his love. He's going to remind you of your identity. Come on. So you need physical rest, mental rest, spiritual rest, and it's good for you. It's good for you. You know, rest, if it's done right, is more productive than busyness. You can stay as busy as you want. You'll be more productive in a 10-minute rest session than you will run in circles. Man. So rest allows you to grow. It allows you to grow into your beloved identity. It allows you to start understanding your inheritance. That's a little different. There's one thing knowing your love, but there's another thing knowing what you're about ready to inherit. He says it's yours. You want the kingdom? I'm giving it to you. Like, but you got to be rested up to get it. Because you can't receive it right now. Because you're trying to catch it. You're trying to grab it. Because I need you to sit back, rest, and receive it. This is good. And I'm going to Mark 6, 30 through 31. says the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat he said to them come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest he didn't say you guys are awesome it's not in there he said they gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they'd done and taught And everybody was starting to gather around because they were just amused by all the miracles and what they're teaching. And he doesn't say one thing to them about, great job, guys. He says, then, because so many people were coming, he said to them, come with me by yourself to a quiet place and rest. So you just got done doing a lot of stuff that I've taught you to do, that I've asked you to do. You were in a season. I gave you something new. Now you're done. Now I need you to come away with me and rest. Why? So I can rejuvenate you. So you don't forget who you are. 
He's not impressed with what we're doing. He's impressed with our rest. So they went on by themselves in a boat to a solitary place, but many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. Well, I don't know what happened in the boat, but I assume there was some rest happening in the boat. Because if I'm crossing a lake in a boat, and we get in the boat to go across the lake at a straight line, and people are running around all the towns, and they beat them there? I want to know what happened. I want to know what happened when Jesus got them out in the center of the lake and said, now rest. It's time to get filled up. It's, it's time to feel my love. It's time for me. I don't know what he said, so you can't quote me on that. I just I, like, quote me that I don't know what happened. <laughs> but he says that they ran from all the towns to go ahead of them. And when Jesus landed, he saw a large crowd. He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. At that point, who began teaching them? Jesus. I believe they were still in rest. Jesus said, I got them. You guys sit there for a moment. You don't need to take on any more. Because that's part of my rest cycle. Like, I'm going to do this for you. There's some things you don't have to do anymore. If you truly rest in me, there's some things that you've been trying to do that you don't have to do anymore. There's things that people told you you should do that you don't have to do anymore. He says, I'm going to take care of it. And this is where I'll, I'll jump because this is the, the five loaves, two fish story. Because at that point, he says, all right, feed them. Because after he gets done talking to them, you know, they come and say, hey, they're hungry, send them away. And he's like, okay, what do you have? So they feed them. So let's fast forward to verse 45. Right after they feed them, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd after leaving them he went up on the mountainside to pray I believe he was going to the place he was taking them I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go up on the mountainside why to pray why because I need rest Jesus said I'm going up to a place so I can rest in my father's presence even Jesus needed rest he said, I need to go back, because I, I don't know, but a large crowd, I wonder what they were saying to him. I wonder how he was like, oh, man, like you guys are overwhelming me with stuff. Like you told me that last week. I freed you last week. You're doing the same thing. I mean, I'm just putting this in there. He's like, aren't you Jimmy from that village? So I could imagine after this, he was like, I need some rest. He goes, I'm going up on the mountaintop, and I'm going to pray. So later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake. So that's weird because I, I assume what they did is, is he put the disciples in the boat, and they went back to the middle of the lake <laughs> where they thought they had rest before. <laughs> maybe, maybe if I go back there without Jesus, it'll be the same. It's not. You can't rest without him and get the same results as resting with him so it says later that night the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land that's Jesus was alone on land he saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them so they weren't resting they thought let's just go sit in the middle of the lake and all of a sudden a storm kicks up 
shortly before dawn, so that's where it stops, that he saw the disciples straining with oars because the wind was against them. That was later that night, but now shortly before dawn, he went out to them. So he let them sit there for a bit. Went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass them. He was about, about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. And they cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Other translations say he was glowing. Perfect example of what happens when you go rest in front of the Father. That when you come back from that, you're glowing. When you come back from that, he is so in you and you're so in him and you're so weaved together that everywhere you go, you're glowing. And people are like, what is that? I have not seen that before. Everywhere you go, I mean, things are changing. The atmosphere is changing. The world's changing. That's what we're supposed to do. And he didn't look that way before. They knew he was Jesus before, but when he came back from rest, he was glowing. So immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. When it says, um, I'm going to go here. I don't know how much time I got. I got to go here. Because this hit me this morning. I was reading this and it said, he was about to pass by them. That same pass by that they're describing there is the same pass by in Exodus 33.19 where the Lord told Moses, my goodness is going to pass by you. See, the difference was relationship. Moses didn't see God as a father. He was scared of him. We see Jesus as gentle and kind. Same pass by. In Exodus, it says, The Lord says, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he said, You cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live that's what he said to Moses the disciples see the same guy passing by glowing and he jumps in the boat with them same guy the exact replica of his father he said if you see me you've seen the father two different things two different times two different testaments Two different covenants. I'm telling you, this is big. We have a God and a Father who won't pass you by. He says, when you're struggling, I'm jumping in the boat with you. So you don't have to cry out and, and earn it. And I don't have to cover your face and hide you in a cliff. He says, I'm going to jump in the boat. And I'm going to bring peace. And I'm going to bring comfort. In fact, I'm going to stop the waves. If you'll just... Come on in. Does it? I think it said, did it say they invited him in? No, he just climbed in. He just climbed in. They couldn't even stop him. He didn't need to be in the boat. He was walking on a lake. He just loved them that much. He loves you that much. So 
because Jesus rested, he was glowing. He was rejuvenated. So rest gives you peace. And if you lack peace, you lack rest. That's Dave. You need to rest. Isaiah 32, 17. You want peace? It says the fruit of righteousness will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. The fruit of righteousness, the fruit, what grows out of righteousness will bring peace and confidence. All right, so let's go to Romans 10, 4. For Christ is the end of the law and because of him God has transferred his perfect righteousness to all who believe do you hear that he says I gave you all the righteousness you need so therefore I gave you peace the fruit of that righteousness is peace he goes you are righteous you are righteous and you'll never be any more righteous than you are right now you can't earn it. You don't earn righteousness. He gave it to you. When you accepted him, he gave you righteousness. He goes, you're righteous now. So deal with it. <laughs> I like that about him. He says you are righteous. Mm. And if the fruit of that is peace, then when you understand who you are, which means you've accepted him, tie it all together, when you understand who you are, that you are beloved and you are righteous, you will have peace. Part of that is peace. What comes out of peace? Rest. When you rest, so that's rest. And then there's a spiritual rest that will bring peace. This is a good circle. I want to be in a circle that's peace, rest, peace, rest, peace, rest. You hear the faith rest cycle, but it's peace, rest, peace, rest, peace, rest. So don't get, I don't want you to get mad. You, you. You don't grow in righteousness, you grow in awareness of your righteousness. That's what you do. So 2 Timothy 3.16 from the ESV says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Training in it. So it's to make you aware of it. Not to give you it. So everybody that thinks the more you lay on your face and fast, you're more righteous, you're wrong. That's not bad stuff. Look, please, don't get me wrong. Pray, fast, <laughs> read your Bible. That's good stuff. But if you think it's getting you somewhere where nobody else can go, you're wrong. He says, you're righteous, you're righteous, you're righteous, I'm righteous, you're righteous. You're all the same. You're all tens. You can't get any higher. Congratulations. So quit trying to strive higher than that. You don't have to strive. You rest in it. And when you rest in it, your world changes. When you understand how much you're loved, your world changes. Hmm. All right, I went there. And still got a couple minutes. <laughs> oh, man. So in Exodus 13, 14, 
the Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. So true rest comes from the Father. And he says, I'll go before you. So you need to rest to be in his presence, and his presence will... That was, a, that was my alarm. I'm just letting you know. Kevin sets an alarm over there so, so that I know when I'm going too long. Thank you, Kev. <laughs> Jim's like, I didn't do it. <laughs> Ooh, it's so good. So here's the thing. A season comes to rest. A rest will get you preseason stretching, new wineskin, new season. If you don't rest, you can't stretch. If you don't rest, you can't grow. So you need to rest. So you need to do it. Rest leads to intimacy. Intimacy leads to confidence. Confidence leads to boldness. Say that again. So, so rest leads to intimacy with the Father. And because you're intimate with Him, because you're so close to Him, because you're looking Him in the face, guess what? He tells you how much He loves you. And because he loves you and he says you're righteous and because he says you're beloved, you walk out of there with confidence that everywhere you go, darkness must flee. That everywhere you go where evil's coming in, it must go. That everybody you lay hands on, they must be healed. It gives you confidence to believe that. It gives you confidence to have faith in it. And that confidence leads to boldness, which means that's where you just get out and start laying hands on people. I like the boldness where you just walk by people and they're like, I don't know what just happened, but I feel new. I don't know why I'm getting off the ground, but I've been crippled. And now I'm walking. I don't understand that. Good, don't understand it. That's the, that's the boldness we need to walk in to change the world. So Matthew 11, 28, 29 says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. Can I have the worship team come back up or somebody? Come play something, Chuck. I miss you. Come on, let's give it up for Chuck. Good to have you back, brother. Chuck's been gone in the military for three months, four months. Over three months, man. So good to have my brother back up here. Come on, make me sound good, brother. Do something. <laughs> Come on. Come on, prophesy with that keyboard, brother. It says, all of you who are weary and have burdens. I don't know who's here today that you feel a little bit wore out. Like you've been carrying way too much weight. He says, you're not supposed to carry that. He goes, I'll take it from you. I'll take it from you. Whatever you're struggling with, I'll take it. You're not supposed to carry it. Just trust me with it. That's what he says. Trust me with it. Come rest. Come rest in me. Come rest at my feet. Quit trying to do it on your own. It's not that hard. 
You know, a lot of people, they don't come to church anymore because they think that we serve a God who's too hard to please. I can't, I can't keep up all the rules and all that stuff. And he says, you don't have to keep up anything. You just have to receive him. Because when I sink down deep in your heart and you truly understand who you are, all that stuff that you're worried about not doing, you just aren't going to do it. I'm going to make it so easy for you to not do it. You're not going to think about it. Because every time it pops up in your mind, you're going to say, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. I'm not supposed to operate that way. I'm not supposed to do those things. Man. And immediately, guess what? You stopped. Hmm. So allow him this morning. Allow him to work on your heart. Allow him to take every burden from you. You're not supposed to carry it. You're not supposed to do it on your own. Let him love you this morning. Let him draw near to you. Allow him to be intimate with you. Get rid of all the stuff that's distracting you from resting in his presence. Just get rid of it all. And sit at his feet. You guys get something out of this? Come on. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to pray. And I feel like uh, I want to call the prayer partners up. I don't know where they're at. This is the surrender for you. Okay, so so our prayer partners can pray over you, but they can't force you to surrender. A surrender is is something you do freely. So they can help you. They can pray over you. They can help pray for you. But you have to surrender. You have to choose to accept your identity and who you are. And then let God do the rest. That's it. So they're going to be up here for you this morning. If you need prayer, I don't care what it is. Not even that. I don't. If you need prayer, that, that you get gas money to go home. Come on up here. I'm just saying they're here. Don't miss an opportunity. Don't, don't carry out what you carried in. That's not for you. Leave it here. Leave it here. So, Father, we love you. Come on. You see the hearts in this room. You see the minds in this room. You see the ones that are weary and the ones that are carrying heavy burdens today. Come on, Lord. Father, come sit in the boat with us. Come on. Come rest with us, Father. Teach us to open our hearts and minds to you and your rest. Remind us this morning who we are. Come on, lead us into the next season, Father. Show us something new, Father God. Release us to change the world. Come on, Father, we love you. We surrender to you, Lord. We just lift you up this morning. We pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on. Let's give it up. I love you guys. They're going to go into worship. I'll see you next week unless I come back up here to say something. That's your cue to you got to leave.
All right, I got Dustin wants to share something real quick. Uh, I forgot. With that sermon, uh, God reminded me. Five years ago, I was living in a camper, doing crystal meth, uh, anything you could name of. And God had to grab me because I would not rest. I kept asking for help. I kept looking for something to do. And I had to stop. But I didn't know that. So God took everything from me. And I went to my dad for help. And he sent me to rehab. And that's where I found Jesus. And there is a lot of power in sitting down and reading your Bible and just being in the presence because it will change somebody. And if you see somebody hurting, going through those addictions, going through alcoholism, pornography, whatever, help them. Don't just walk by them because just one word to that person can make the difference. Thank you. Thank you.